Free Talk Live. It's live. It's Sunday. It's Mark. Pickles Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. The number, 603-283-6160. Have you guys memorized that it yet? Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, no. it's not as great. I'd leave that to my uh, my magic rectangle in my pocket. Yeah. So, uh, right. I mean, 603 is New Hampshire's area code. Yeah, there's, that part I know. There, there's no other for New Hampshire. It's one of those states small enough that we can do, get by with one area code. Yep. It's 283. I don't know. I'm memorizing that because the three is the same as the three. I don't know. And then 6160 is not hard. Well, you see, eight minus two is oh, no. six. Oh, no. I'm going to confuse him. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Back Whatever. in my day, phone numbers only had six digits. What? I once saw like a, a yardstick that a teacher had. But uh-huh. The phone number was only six digits long. Really? Yep. That was in Hawaii. Yep. Huh. Now, no, I, I I remember that. I remember phone numbers being four digits. Because well, you're older than us. Um, but that, but he always jumped to seven now, from four. Were you on a brontosaurus at the time? <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> I don't think I have ever actually dialed it, but I've always moved into regions right after they went to the seven-digit number. Okay. So, um, yeah, I remember it was just, all you had to do is dial four numbers, because the prefix is what they call it. So there's the area code. And then it's the prefix. And then the, the other four is really like your phone number. Right. So, is, Could you get away with that in the Marianas? Because it seems like that would be small enough where that might be feasible. Yeah. I, I suspect that, uh, I don't know, I never had a uh, okay. landline. All right. So I don't want one. What's Mark's number in the Marianas? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit seven, you'll get Mark. I did I did have a telephone, do have a telephone number for the Marianas, but uh, yeah. anyway. I have no idea what it is. I'd have to look it up. <laughs> it's been a little while since I had to deal with that. So, in case people forget things, sometimes we have little reminders. Sometimes apps work as great reminders. Oh, geez. What happens if you forget that you've given consent to sex? Well, luckily, there's an app for that. <laughs> uh, at least the headline kind of gets it right. Fury at new app that gives men a 24-hour consent contract to have sex after Denmark passed controversial rape law? Why is it men? I mean, are they assuming the people's gender here? Are they presuming that men are more likely to do bad things uh, if they get, are given 24 hours? I don't understand. And I have it on good authority that this rape that, that this app is not in uh, in heavy use in the rape capitals that are the the prison system. <laughs> right, that's right. They're not but they're not bothering. I mean, I kind of want to give, you know, statistics will probably bear out that it's more likely men. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also more well. likely to be in prison. And not impossible right. to rape men, uh, for women to rape men, but it's hard. Right. And a lot of it, as we mentioned, in or prison, not. might be men. It could be an issue. Yep. Uh, a new app that gives men a 24-hour consent contract to have sex has sparked fury. The launch comes in response to a new rape law, which criminalizes sex without explicit consent in Denmark. So, Sex without explicit, explicit consent. Explicit consent. Do we mean like verbalized consent? Good question, Mark. How I, do you prove that you had that explicit consent? Yeah. Well, now there's an app for that. Right. And what what happens if somebody, um, you know, po- post coitus withdraw of explicit consent and they say something like, I didn't explicitly consent. Well, it's well, still in that 24-hour period, uh, presumably. Right. Well, presumably, if you've got it on the rape, uh, if you've got, the, got it on the app, then you're in be- certainly in better shape. 
Which, again, so uh, more credence to the app. Now, I wonder I, if, say, a married couple could get this app and, like, set it to automatically renew itself on a daily basis until you, like, you know, flick the, the switch off. I think they call that marriage. Uh, well, some marriages. <laughs> right. I've, I've heard marriages where they withdraw consent. These things get odd. My mom has proposed that marriage licenses be renewed like driver's license. Okay. So if you want out, you just don't renew. <laughs> All right. Uh, the creator. Argue the purpose of the app, I consent. The creator uh, of the app. Right. <laughs> oh, is, it, is it with a little I? It's with a little I. <laughs> little I, capital awesome. C, to ensure both parties agree to intercourse. Okay. Um, I, I think it's a fine idea and everything, but I got to say, I haven't been in any circumstance my entire life, and we have to go back a ways for uh, you know, uh, you know, sex outside of marriage for me. Um, wink, wink. No, why'd you wink at me? It was so weird. Wasn't supposed to make air. I don't care. You're telling jokes for me now. Like you're on national radio. You tell jokes for people. The uh, Mark has never had sex outside of his marital contract. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I prefer to always verbalize my winks. I don't know where I was even going at this point. I'm so lost. Um, um, I think that's a pretty good place to start on this conversation. Yeah. So I can't imagine like the how one works the I consent app into the the flowing mojo that is right. going from with clothes to without. Well, in Denmark, with the explicit consent decree, right? Like you have to at some point you have to say like, are we going to do this? And she has to say, yes, I consent. Because if she doesn't say yes, I consent. Yes. Well, then you cannot, right? In uh, in Denmark, when that when that new rape law passed. Okay. So as far as my understanding is concerned. Right. So nope. I I can't help but think of the Chappelle show skit where uh, they, there they are in bed, and then he turns over to the nightstand and pulls out a uh, large, thick, like set of forms for. Well, can you can you can you fill this out for me? Right. It's like uh, oral. And it's like. Don't worry, baby. I'll do you too. Now, is that is that on the app? I wonder. I mean, we were talking well, about that uh, pre-show, right? And how, like, at the time, that was parody, yeah, right? That was making was. fun of this, and and now here we are, digitized, digitized I, sex contract. Beware, comedians, for you write our future. <laughs> I think they were talking about the Kobe Bryant uh, situation back then when Chappelle did that skit, and it's uh, you know, I mean. I, I bet Kobe wishes he'd had a contract, right? Um, or that gal wishes she'd had the opportunity for a contract, or whatever the situation might have been. A kiss is not a contract, but I consent is, <laughs> indeed. And uh, <laughs> that's great. That's a, you should write a copy for these people. Um, so I mean, you know, a quick few check marks as to what you consent, because you see, the thing is, is if you give twenty four hour consent. To sex, and we're not clear as to what kind of sex you're giving 24-hour consent to. I think this only is intercourse. Well, um, then what? I mean, there are people who like to do things that aren't just intercourse. Understood. As we, as I understand them, and I'm not going any further. Um, uh, y'all understand what I'm talking about here. I'm not going any further. Understood. And the, the Chappelle Show skit like had those listens. Like, no, I didn't think you would check that box. Either. But <laughs> I, I have to offer it. Um, but uh, 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 <laughs> I have to offer because it was on the contract. Watch the skit; it's there. Okay, I'm sure. Uh, back, Chappelle back. is uh, just absolute genius. I, Pretty I, funny. I really miss these things being satire. Yeah. Yes. Good point as well. <laughs> I do miss comedy. 
<laughs> in general. In my day, there was this thing called comedy. <laughs> now it's just what all true. What is that, Grandpa? Well, you know those people that occasionally tell you the truth on the news? Those people used to stand in front of audiences and joke about what was happening. <laughs> So I think if you go back to the serious nature of the app, one of the things it's trying to alleviate is that uh, at what point has consent been withdrawn, right? Because if you get into it, at any point she says no, right? That's the end of it. Then consent has been withdrawn. Consent has been withdrawn. Right. However, there has been a number of stories that come out where it's not withdrawn consent, it's regret after the fact. Yes. Right. And then she will accuse the male of rape, even though in the moment there was consent throughout the entire act, after the fact, she goes, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then he gets accused of rape because it's he said versus she said. Right. So if you have a the way contract, of uh, protecting yourself from uh, reputation destruction at the destruction of his reputation. Sure. Yeah. It sounds like the destruction of any possibility of having sex. Um, I mean, like it's it, how many. So. Getting uh, getting from clothed to unclothed, um, it can be a little difficult, is the best I can tell. And when you start putting up major hurdles like this in the way, you know, I don't know. I mean, well, it's, it's simple. You take him out though. to a nice romantic dinner at nowhere, and <laughs> then oh, uh, yeah, straight into that, right? Well, you can have people come in and play instruments. Oh no, you can't. Well, anyway. 603-283-6160. What do you think about this consent app? Is it a good idea? 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Yeah, Free Talk Live. Sunday edition. Mark with you. Eagles Mountaineer. And Richard Rich. So if it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, the chances are very high that you can call in here at 603-283-6160 and you can talk live on the airwaves. Uh, I, what, I, I don't know what our numbers are. Nearly 200 radio stations. We're switching networks here in the relatively near future. I expect some level of attrition. Our uh, projection was something like uh, we'd be able to take 90% of our stations with us, which, of course... 20 stations is a lot of stations to lose. Now, I don't know whether it'll be that high, but uh, that's what our projection was. So, you know, uh, what can I tell you? Uh, now's your opportunity because we're still in the old uh, network. Uh, 603-283-6160. There you go. And presumably we'll get more, right? Yeah, that's the idea. We're certainly yeah. not We're certainly not switching for the purpose of losing stations. Right. Yeah. And... Um, uh, yeah, so it's all good news, quite generally. Um, I didn't agree to it because it was a bad idea. So there you go. We are talking about a story here where a, uh, I guess Denmark passed a law, something rotten uh, there, uh, passed a law about uh, explicit consent in order to uh, have sex. And now I don't know what level of rape it is if you don't get explicit consent, but implicit consent Um Presumably, if you don't have any problems, then I don't know what. Now, I wonder if this is a, a mandate that requires that you get consent for each and every step of the process. Like, they, they were doing that at college campuses. Is it okay to have second base now? Yeah. I, I, like, I can see how some people would find that sexy. I'd like to touch you here now. You know, and like, just keep going. Somebody's going to use that as a ring, ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like on. to touch you right there. 
<laughs> and um, then they would, you know, then you go on and go from there. I can see how some people would enjoy this, but I can also see how some people are like this is ridiculous. I do sure. not want to do this. I do not find this interesting. I'm not. This isn't the way I want to play. Yeah, that sounds humiliating. Now, yeah. there's a lot of people who are into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot more that aren't. But but how humiliating is it if you if if the person that you wish to have uh, wish to humiliate you has to ask for your consent each way? How can you really be get the full humiliation experience <laughs> that, that some wish to have? You know the the dominatrixes they aren't asking. You know they're not called they're not mother may I's they're dominatrixes they're dominating. Yeah. You know well that's so. how you get the humiliation. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. Well, for the full dominatrix experience nowadays, you have to have someone who gives fickle consent. You can do that. <laughs> no, you can't. You can do this. No, you can't. So, I think the day, uh, best I've seen, at least during the Biden run-up, the Biden-Trump campaign there, was uh, uh, that the dominatrixes are online. And I mean, they're doing their job on Zoom, which, okay. Financial dominatrix. That's a thing. So one of the things you brought up, uh, Mark, was the the inability at your age, our age, to understand. What like, ages do we have here, just so people know? Uh, 49. 38, allegedly. Uh, 37. Okay. So the inability to understand like how new sex works for younger people, right? And I find it difficult to imagine it being any different. Than it was. I, I can't imagine us? it's it really is any different. I think that the, that uh, people in the media would like you to believe it is different. Okay, but that whole uh, I'm going to read on because I think the the next line kind of um, remember highlights my point. The um, the journalists are almost exclusively city mice, and okay. they're almost they they tend to be from a very uh, narrow segment of the city mice too. Okay. I say city mice because it's. I mean, you never hear of anybody in the, from the country wanting to grow up to be a journalist. Um, so, it, it, like, they're just a certain type of person wants to be, and that certain type of person really wants the world to be a certain way. And so, you know, they're gonna understand stuff like this. But I kind of feel like the, the 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 fact that the human species has procreated and established itself for such a long history, yes, means that fundamentally we're all doing the same thing. That generations have done throughout that time, right? Perhaps. Okay. So um, let me read this. Definitely to a certain extent. Yeah. But uh, groups have slammed the app as nonsensical and says it undermines the complexity of consent. And I think that's kind of what we're getting at here is, uh, do you ask at every step of the way? Like, do you check all the boxes on the form? Well, Getting that point and and working your way through the act is complex, and there's a lot of intricacies, right? Um, Imagine yourself halfway through a makeout session. They demand to see the app again. It's like, hang on, I need to uncheck a box here. Right. right. <laughs> so, That's going to be difficult to do. They're going to be like, oh, I don't want to check that box. So, and, and, and we, talked, my mind. we talked about comedians. Bill Bird does like a small bit, and if you, if you don't like Bill Burr, and what's wrong with you, because I think he's hilarious, but he does a small bit where, you know, I, I think the bit's like titled like you know it's a consent bit like you know what 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 does no really mean or something like that because he's the it's all the difference in the world between no stop yeah and no stop right like you know I, I I'm with you but I think that 
to some extent, that's gone out of the nomenclature. Just my guess. This, okay. this is just me guessing here, right? Again, it's been a long time since I've had sex with somebody besides Mrs. Edge. Um, <laughs> and uh, the Can I wink at him again. What's that? <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Mrs. Edge. <laughs> so. She, by the way, does not li- think that uh, last name is clever at all. She just does not like it, doesn't like it, doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want her to be referred to as Mrs. Ed. She doesn't like it. Hey, her other option was Mrs. Manwich, so I think she got the better part of <laughs> Right. Um, but I, I do recall, you know, way back in the day, decades ago, um, where a, a young lady sort of pushed my hands away uh, from certain spots. Yeah. And then, it, not five minutes later, just changed her mind. Sure. You know, and... But that's the complexity there, and the intricacy That's that the complexity and the intricacy. There used to be a thing called playing hard to get, yes. and it wouldn't become a massive legal concern. Right. And, and, they well, wrote think, a whole song about that a couple of years ago. Yeah. What's that? Uh, the Baby is Cold Outside. Okay. Well, that's uh, they wrote that a long time ago. I understand, but it it it, it would hit the news yes. as a rapey it song. Keeps, it keeps on coming back. Yeah, right. Um, you know the the misunderstanding of the way things might have been at the time. Right. So, I mean, right. So I I think that that's gone away in large part. The I mean, just because it's too confusing, you're not going to get anywhere as a young lady playing hard to get these days. Is my presumption. You certainly wouldn't get anywhere with me. I'd be like, no, okay. Yeah. Now, I, I've also had... Uh, but is that because you fear the, the, the repercussions of pursuing that further and having it go into that rapey, creepy yeah. area? Yeah, yeah well, okay. I, I would not want to be uh, accused of anything. I, yeah. I'm not interested in that. But, but when I, you were younger, maybe you push it. No, I never no? pushed. No? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't... Yeah, I mean, there was that instance where makes, my hand... Yeah. It makes me wonder exactly how much more we're pushing into an area where fortune favors the bold. Yeah. And that is not a great place to be for our civilization. No, it's not a good, it's not a good thing. So, I mean, I also had a friend who I absolutely saw him use the pickup line uh, more than once that I'm going to have sex with somebody tonight. Is it going to be you? And it worked. I'm amazed at how often stuff like that works Yeah, when I see my friends do it. Indeed. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Wouldn't work if I did it, I'm sure. Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now, click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information, neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. It's free talk live. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richard Rich. And, yes, you're getting it all here live on Free Talk Live, but if you were in the chat room on our Matrix chat, 
then you'd really be seeing what's going down. Um, yeah, go check them out. Um, I think it's matrix.freetalklive.com. Uh, I think it's lrn.fm on the Matrix server. I think he does both of them. Okay. So, you know. Anyway, matrix.social.freetalklive.com for the Mastodon server. Yeah. Okay. And do that, too. Yep. It'll be great. You'll love it. Let's go to Robert calling in from South Carolina. We're talking about a situation here in Denmark. Somebody's put together an app to deal with their new law, which requires explicit consent um, for sex. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Okay, yes. I just wanted to say that I think it would be problematic really for both sides. I mean, for because women don't want to seem too available. Women want to have the opportunity to change their mind in the last second and Oftentimes they do. Men sometimes do too. They find out something about a woman which turns them off completely and, and they don't have anything to do with it. And, and they certainly don't want to have either both sides don't want to have the other side have proof that they that they consented to something like that. Just think about a, a mother who has children um, and, and then that kind of thing comes up, a contractual agreement that she had sex with some guy. Mothers would never admit that to their kids. There's lots and lots of things like that. Um, yeah, I think you're right that the uh, the the digital record of it is an issue. Um, Just wait till it gets on the blockchain. Yeah, well, I, I'll bet you it is. <laughs> it's on a blockchain. Yeah, I think you're. I think you may have. Uh, I, yeah, I I tend to think that this is. I tapped that, and I can prove it before a judge and jury. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna love it. I, I yeah, I I would agree with you, Robert. I think that uh, you've you've touched on more points here of exactly why this is just not going to work. Yes. Okay. Um, thank you very much. Thanks for the call. The number uh, 603-283-6160. I, yeah, I mean, I've been skeptical about this the whole time. I've heard libertarians discussing the idea of a consent contract for as long as I've been talking to libertarians because they imagine somehow they're going to whip out a contract and get it signed by some woman at some point. And I just, uh, I, you know, more libertarian fantasies. I, I, I don't, talking to women, <laughs> just talking to them all, right? Like at at some point, you've just got to videotape every sexual encounter you ever have, so that in case it goes before a jury, you can, you know, bring this into the room. You need to interview them ahead of time to make sure that they've got consent for the videotaping. <laughs> so we've got Lorelai here, and it looks like Lorelai wants to have sex. Do you Want to have sex, Lorelai? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I just came this. for the interview. <laughs> I'm out of here. You're a, you jerk. The national head of sex and society, Lean Stavengard, uh, said the app is definitely not the solution to getting <laughs> consent. <laughs> a sexual is a quote. A sexual relationship is not about a contract. So it shoots completely wrong in relation to the needs that are out there. It is very clear that the app was developed by someone who has neither a professional approach to gender, body, or sexuality, but also has not listened to what was discussed in the consent debate because we come back a bit to step one with, is consent a contract or not? Yeah, there there seems to be this idea of... Well, maybe, just maybe, romantic relationships should be sort of not transactional. I uh, well, um, I, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think they're see gonna we re- can solve all of this with more hookers. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna remain transactional um, to some extent. But I, I would say that in fact, consent, consent is not a contract 
because it can be withdrawn at any time. A contract suggests what's going to occur in the future. Sure. And it uh, you know contracts as to what's going to occur in the future, whereas uh, sex is fleeting. It could be turned around at any moment. You know, suddenly uh, there's a fire in the kitchen. Well, sex is over. You know? Well, good thing you got 24 hours. You can resume at any time. Right, right. I got 24 hours. <laughs> and, and, and there's some. You signed it right here. And there's some Crisco in the kitchen. I mean, like what? Users enter the number of the person they want to have sex with and send a request. The other is then given the option to accept or reject it. That's the way the app works. It is the future of booty call. It could could be. Like that might be, that might be work, but can you imagine just like just randomly sending people well, a request? This point? is fascinating. Like, Jing, wait, who? This yeah, brings sure up, why not? Yeah, yeah. This brings up some interesting stuff. Now, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've traveled some distance for uh, coitus in the past. Anybody here willing to say how far? I mean, how how far? Yeah, uh, less than a hundred miles. Okay, more than 30. yeah. The next city. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think most guys will travel some period of time. I've actually gotten on a plane and driven and oh, okay. flown. But um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> never that desperate, man. Indeed, Hawaii's not that big, but there was plenty of opportunity. Right. So, I mean, what would be interesting to know is is that if I was leaving the house, that I had that I was definitely going to cash in at the end of the ride. Okay. You know, so, I mean, you can send this prior to, you don't have to be in the same room. Somehow sure. I imagine some kind of pl- close proximity thing where the phones are next to each other. I don't know exactly what. Heaven help you if you get a headache while I'm on the journey there. Right, indeed. Um, I have driven and then been turned around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks. That's, that's the worst. It's, it's, it's Wouldn't it be great nice. to avoid that with, I consent. Download <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> you signed it right here this is happening <laughs> <laughs> right I mean, you know like i don't even know what to say about that yes and, i agree and i gotta they're... wonder i gotta wonder like how good is their security exactly <laughs> you mean the, for the app yeah like digital security okay i think that everything gets hacked that's important at, enough at to this get hacked. Exa- what a strange thing at this exact date everyone on this app consented to the same person <laughs> Yeah, the the guy's just sending out, uh, <laughs> you know, spam uh, uh, consent forms. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like, you just if you if that's all it takes, you just hit the button and you send it to whomever, right? I got five thousand contacts on my phone, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna... so now you're just playing a numbers game, right? Well, I if, can tell you this: anybody who consents, them... I don't want to. I I don't okay. want to say yes to. Oh, if ten of those roll back in, then you, you're booked <laughs> solid for the, for the day. Yeah. <laughs> You got a whole weekend worth of dates now. Suddenly, well, it's only twenty four hours, so you got to you got to pack it in. There. Suddenly, the spammer <laughs> lists get a lot more valuable. Yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't it ain't just about your your car warranty oh, I'm anymore. Sorry, did you sign up for a sweepstakes? <laughs> the IRS, the IRS has problem with you. Uh, it's designed so that the consent uh, that consent valid for twenty four hours, but is limited to sexual intercourse. So that's what I was saying earlier. Just intercourse. Uh, previously, Danish- I don't know what he's saying when he says it's limit- limited to intercourse. Intercourse, by its definition, I don't think is exactly what you're saying it is. I think it's more okay. broad term. Okay. I 
I guess in my mind, the the foreplay. I'll accept intercourse, but don't you dare bring a bottle of wine. <laughs> I want to say like the, the foreplay that may lead up to the intercourse part is not covered by the contract. It's just however you want to define intercourse after that. All right. Uh, previously, Danish prosecutors had to prove violence was used on someone who was unable to resist intercourse in order to legally constitute rape. But on uh, December 17th, the Danish parliament passed a new law that made it a criminal offense to have sex with a person who did not consent. Uh, founders of iConsent insist the app will create security for both men and women. I'm curious as to what could have occurred, what crime occurred where, um, you know, there wasn't, uh, you know, somebody forcing themselves on someone else. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I what what made the change of law necessary where I mean, I can see that, you know, what what does violence mean in the circumstance? I don't know. It gets confusing. Got to be held down. 603-283-6160. I don't think this app's going anywhere. It's amusing. It amuses me, though. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Talk live. Call in. Talk live freely here on the airwaves because that's what we do. The number 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. Beagles Mountaineer. And Richard Rich. We're discussing consent in the weirdest way possible here uh, regarding a, an article out of Denmark where they've changed the uh, rape laws to require explicit consent, which sounds strange. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Um, and somebody has responded by creating an app called iConsent, like a little, I. little I consent, um, which gives 24-hour consent, which creates a 24-hour consent contract. That is sort of sent from your phone to there, presumably to theirs. Presumably you have some kind of uh, telephone number and it's like a text kind of right. situation. Um, so a little bit about the Danish laws. Uh, what does the Danish sex Do law mean? Do you both mean? have to have the app in order for this to work? Uh, I want That's to assume so. Like. Yeah. That's what but, it sounded like. Was that uh, you? You so put now in you're waiting number. not only for them to click yes, uh, but you're also waiting for the download of the app. This is going to be sexy. Yeah. Maybe. Presumably, you'll have the app already downloaded. And, oh, I'm sure she does. And in, well, I'm sure she does. Well, imagine if this if she's becomes... she's a hooker. <laughs> well, imagine if this definitely. becomes as popular as, you know, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. What if they kick you off the I Consent app? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Banish. Uh, for, for failing to conform to our community guidelines, I kick you out of the bloodline. This is as bad as when I got kicked off of uh, Uber Eats for answering the door naked i believe it that'll do it <laughs> what does the new it's Dan- in new hampshire i would think nobody answers the door naked here it's cold <laughs> only in the winter time it is hot in the summertime uh, as of january 1st 2021 sex without consent will be considered rape previously prosecutors had to prove wait january, wait wait what? what was it beforehand <laughs> like did i miss a meeting <laughs> yeah so previously prosecutors had to prove a rapist used violence against someone who was unable to resist. Okay. Wow. That is a really high bar for rape. A similar law brought by Sweden in 2018 resulted in a 75% rise in rape convictions 
to 333. Wait, wait. So if you resisted, could you, like, unable to successfully resist? Because, like, no, 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 you scratched him. That's consent. Good question. I don't know. But whatever it was, like, explicit consent is now the bar because uh, violence against someone who, like, if, you know, if, if he raped her but didn't use violence, he would say, well, I was not violent. You know, it could mm. not have been rape. There was no violence. And she's like, well, he, you know, it may not have been explicit violence, but she was unable to resist. I don't know how that would work out. Yeah, I think that it's... Um... What constitutes violence? I think that there's a lack when you have the lack of communication that goes on when, say, a a young lady is very scared and there's not a lot of there's no communication, verbal communication going on between the two people. And, um, you know, she's not saying no, but she hasn't said yes either. You know, it could happen that in her mind she's being raped and in his mind and I'm using males and females here because you know that's it's the most, convenient. It's the most form. It's the most common form of sex, whether you like it or not. Um, and uh, you know that he doesn't know that this isn't supposed to be happening. Sure. And um, as far as I know, it's not the most common form of rape, though. What? I mean, most rape is uh, male on male. I, I think that there's a large. Uh, I don't know. So the, the the statistics you're talking about are rather old. I think they're from 1988 mm. from the prison system, and um and and then of course you have all the uh, you know young male to older male um, situations. But man to man is almost entirely in the prison system, mm. not exclusively, but almost entirely. Uh, adult to adult is exclusive of the prison system, which most people listening to me don't care about, (laughs) Um, is, and by the way, the prison systems, at least where, uh, that I have uh, experience with. have been getting wrongfully convicted. Have uh, have taken care of this particular problem. Um, So, anyway. Denmark has become the 12th country in Europe to recognize non-consensual sex as rape, according to Amnesty International. Officials hope the law will help reduce the number of women subjected to rape or attempted rape which is currently uh, 11,400 women a year. Karsten Nielsen, co-developer of the app, defended iConsent uh, and suggested it was ahead of its time. He said, well, that's not a good place for your app to be. Well, well, we'll work up to when it becomes like, oh my gosh, this was groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. He said, in isolation, it is also strange that we have to put on a condom. Where is d- d- uh, Demolition Man? I mean, I, we're going to move to this San whole, Angeles? Yeah, the, so the whole like video thing. After the big one? <laughs> High five! Hand wipe. Right. Don't touch each other. No touching. Be well. Well, it, you know, uh, it, they... They really had the very best Zoom uh, setup in that uh, in that corporate media in that move uh, uh, in that corporate meeting in that movie, where they had like the swiveling chairs with the uh, yes. screens on them. I mean, that's a Zoom call with with fancy chairs, is what that is. Yeah, I've got to get I've got to watch it again. It's been so long, but I I remember it to be just the most insightful movie, um, and about so much. I want to say it holds up because I'm a big fan of Demolition Man. <laughs> I I can't remember what the what the lead's name was. That Sandra Bullock or uh, Marissa yeah. Tomei? Uh, Sandra Bullock. Okay, so um, I, I get those two actresses uh, mixed up. It's terribly sorry. So, uh, you know the the like she seems so ready to put on the little video sex thing, which where yes. they don't touch each other, and yeah, I mean I think it's going to just all move that way. So I haven't used it in years because I'm also married, like Mark. 
Um, but my dating profile, when I had one of those, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was like, you know, about you. It was like, you know, what, what's the ideal first date? I'm like, dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. Like <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever got that. It's depressing. Um, he said, in isolation, it's also strange that we have to put on a condom. In isolation, it would also be strange if the condom was invented today. But conversely, it is a pretty good idea. So, yes, agree. It's controversial. And maybe it's weird. But maybe it it already feels more normal in a year's time. So he thinks we'll we'll grow into the use of this app. Well, um, I I don't have a particular problem with the development of the app, sure. and uh, I certainly wouldn't wish anyone ill in their uh, business plans. I have some doubts that it'll all work, and I'm not his prime demographic. So yeah, you know, so, what's he care about what I think? My, my first thought on this is like. Okay, so th- in my mind, there is a difference between sex without consent and sex without explicit consent. Yeah. Well, the, now, the, the I don't standard know, is explicit consent. I, I don't know if that if that is a legal difference. In Denmark, it now is. I, I think that what when they say explicit dissent, uh, consent, excuse me, not descent, um, explicit consent in this, I think what they're trying to say is, is that, um, you know, you should have known that she wasn't consenting. Is kind of the situation. So, if there if if there's enough return of affection, then explicit consent is present, as opposed to I mark edge a consent to sex. You know, I think that it's well, much more well, sort of well. That's actually the difference between explicit and implicit. A return of affection while you're doing an act is an implied consent. Right. But you didn't say the thing. You didn't write it down. You didn't tap the thing on I consent. Right. Well, and, and again, the standard in Denmark is now explicit consent. So the app is developed so that there is a record of that explicit consent in the event of a dispute. Of yeah, some this type. seems right. like a, a, a big overcorrection. Like it, it was good to say that, yes, anytime that you are having sex without consent, that is rape. That, yeah. that is a good change. Anytime that you are having sex without explicit consent is going too far in in, in that direction. Well, um, you know, leave it to the European lawyers to determine what uh, what's what. But I um, I can tell you this that in Scandinavian countries, the number one thing that uh, their native uh, men are locked up for is sex crimes. So wow. I don't know if that means that there's just not a lot of violence there. Or if it means that there's a lot of confusion surrounding what consent is, I don't know. Uh, clinical sexologist Jesper Bay Hansen also slammed the app. He told Danish Radio, "It is a skill to read others sexually. So if we move, into- so the people only the people with the skill get to uh, have sex. Well, I love ta- actually. I mean, human beings are complicated things, and yeah. if you're not capable of reading another human being, there might actually be something wrong with you genetically." That's where we go into the complexities and the intricacies. Uh, so, if let, we move, let alone, like, should a, a human being emerge from this? Would you be able to, like, not turn them into a monster? Yeah, I don't know. If we move it to an app, we let go of the opportunity to learn that skill. I also fear that we are desexualizing our sex life; that we get too little passion and too much jurisprudence. Understand that we are some, also sometimes read each other's signals incorrectly is also important. Defense lawyer Morton Bergeron says the app would not hold in court. He explains electronic consent will not make it easier to prove that one has not committed a rape. Wow, that that seems to defeat the whole purpose. 
this is. I think it would absolutely, uh, uh, you know, help in that situation. I mean, if somebody consented at some point, then consent was present at some point. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them any pay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Live Sunday edition. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind, that number, and you should write it down or, you know, record it in your phone or whatever makes you happy. I think going directly to the phone is probably the way to do it. You know, just open up a new contact, put FTL, and then put in 603-283-6160. Go old school. Commit it to memory. Never forget it. <laughs> I had the other one, uh, our previous uh, call-in line. I had that committed to memory, but it's no, it's no longer up here. But I can, I'm sure I could rattle it off if I had to. When you get arrested, the one number we want you to remember to dial when you're making your one phone call. It's free talk live. It's free talk live. <laughs> well, I mean, who else has a landline anyway? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. These are actually voice over IP coming through a router. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Because we haven't had enough discuss discussion of uh, of of crime, we're going to another piece here about from Mises dot org by Wendy McElroy. Uh, female Wendy McElroy, as yes. far as we know, uh, victim-centered I'm justice. Better. <laughs> you better okay, good. Yes. Victim-centered justice is a threat to due process. Uh, trauma-informed justice has percolated in academia and activism for decades. Yeah, so I already hate this term, trauma-informed justice. It was in quotes in the article. I know. Okay, um, like the first off, everybody feels bad for victims of crime. Of course, you know, and I don't know about you guys. But I've been the victim of crimes. Yep. And I certainly don't want more crimes committed. And I don't want, uh, you know, victims to be unheard or anything like that. However, I also don't want traumatized victims writing laws and uh, basically determining how we're going to mete out justice in, you know, sort of the modern legal system. I don't think it makes any sense. I think it's I think it's bad form generally um, when it comes to activism. A lot of times what needs to happen is the creation of a victim in order to gain remedy from the state. Um, the most recent example for me that comes to mind is the mask mandates that have been handed down in some of the cities and you can't fight the city on the mask mandate until someone violates the law and gets arrested for it. Right. Mm. And my suggestion is when it comes to like, activist activities like that it's important to present a sympathetic victim yes uh, to the people so i think that 
in that circumstance, that's true. That's just sort of human nature, right? Like right. Rosa Parks wasn't the first person to stand up to uh, the the back of the bus rule, but she's the one that we all know because she's the one that people got behind. Right. Um, by, by that I mean, uh, you know, civil rights groups got behind her because she thought she, they thought she was the most sympathetic. Right. So if you if if we're moving in a direction, whether or not you know we're going to go through the article, but whether or not this gets walked back. Um, in the future, right? What we have now is the move towards trauma-informed justice. And then in my mind, the question becomes like, okay, if that's how it's going to be, if we're going to be doing activism, how do we present that aspect of it forward when we're doing, you know, the civil disobedience stuff? I don't think you can do it. I okay. mean, uh, libertarianism is almost exclusively white males and they, you know, there's very little social... Um, uh, sympathy for them at this time right which is why we have to like pick our activists more more carefully mm. if we're going to go about doing that kind of stuff well, there you go well i i wanted to ask you so uh you don't like the idea of uh someone who's been victimized in such and such a way uh writing the laws for it uh do you think it's much better to have uh, a group of people that are emotionally distraught by someone who's been victimized in this way writing it cuz I don't think we should have our um any part of the judicial the, the the legislation the any of this stuff informed by emotional emotionality um I think we have to step back from the situation I think we have to determine you know what's right what's wrong uh who did what and all these sorts of things rather than just sort of because um you know i mean let's let's where we're talking rape previously let's let's use a rape victim for an example do you want uh, a jury full of rape victims sitting uh you know at a rape trial cuz the, the victim does. Am I the prosecutor? Right. Yeah. And what I'm that like basically. If so yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> you know, like I I don't even I've never seen this woman in my life. Who cares? You're hanging. You know. And that's, that's what just, they all say. That's that's how it's going. That's what I mean. Mm. Well, and I. Just to you know, put put that one little libertarian nudge in there. Obviously, the right answer is to have a competing system where different ways of forming these laws can be tried, and then we can figure out the, the one that people like the best instead of having a single set that absolutely everyone has to do. So whatever anyone, whatever way anyone comes up with that actually works to make laws this way, we all have to put up with. It is now knocking on the door of local police departments to demand changes that could upend the basics of how people relate to law enforcement. The approach converts the police into social workers or therapists and erases the due process upon which traditional Western justice hinges. It also increases the odds of wrongful convictions. Yeah, I mean, so if you want police officers to be social workers and therapists, you've you've gone to the wrong group of people. It's unlikely that we're going to just purge police departments and bring in a whole new uh, you know, crew of folks. But there, there have been cities that are trying that social worker approach to certain emergency phone calls. Sure. Right? Like, it's probably a good idea with, say, domestic violence or something like that. Right. Um, like, just a guess. The police should only be called in an event where violence is – we've gotten to the point where violence is the solution and we have to, like, harm somebody else because of their actions. Well, and I think the biggest part of this problem is that people have no tools whatsoever to deal with anything going wrong. 
So whenever anything goes wrong, they go immediately to, uh, call the police. Yeah. There's no fries at the McDonald's. This violates my worldview. Something is wrong and I don't know what to do. Uh, call the police. And I wish I was making that up, but that happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to agree too, is, is that, um, you know, people get the government they're looking for. If you've called the police and then they shoot your autistic son, what did you call them for in the first place? What did you think was going to happen? I mean, because people really believe Andy they're Griffin. getting social well, workers and um, and therapists. Part of that is conditioning that when something goes wrong in an emergency, you call 911, you get the police. Right? Indeed. It's police, fire, or medical. Well, it's not a fire. It's not a medical emergency. It's an emergency. So what's left? The police. Right. The and, catch-all for all of that. And part of this is just the general infantilization of our entire civilization. Okay, you get raised up in the school. Uh, what do you do if something goes wrong? Well, better tell the teacher. Right. And okay. The government's the government right. employee. Yeah. Right. A government employee, which of course is just an extension of like when you're a little kid, something went wrong, you tell your parents, which is actually a good idea because they know a bunch more than you. But we, we get stuck uh, culturally. Going to authority, fi- yeah. authority figures, yeah. Exactly. We get stuck in that in that mode, which, of course, is exactly what the people who are wielding power want, because they like wielding power, so that everything that goes wrong, instead of having any tools to actually do something about it ourselves, like, you know, grown-ups, we have to go to the real grown-ups, the police. Yeah. Well, I don't want to minimize going to an authority figure either, though, because when something is wrong, that's how you consult. Right, car breaks down. Take it to the mechanic. Air conditioner stops working. Call the HVAC guy. Yeah, you're talking about right. people who are an authority on a subject. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that police, when called, are not authorities on how to deal with mental health emergencies. I agree. And people choose to do that. But and, there's, but there's and, no and number. By to the call. way, these are adults. I got it. There's no number to call. Yeah. But these are adults who, presumably, if they've got an autistic child, have had an autistic child for the entire lifetime of an autistic child, and will probably realize that, hey, law enforcement isn't the best person to deal with this. Or, you know, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying good. And I'm just saying the probable almost certain future of, high, of bringing men with guns to deal with your mental health problem is guns. Because that's the tool that they have. When every job, when the only tool you have is a hammer, every job looks like a nail, and their tool is a gun. And my tool is the phone, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Call in. Sunday night, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. If you're hearing us between those hours, we're live. 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. Article from Mises here where we're talking about victim-centered justice and its threat to due process. But before we go on, I want to talk to you about ForkFest 2021. Well... It's 2021 now. I hope you're writing that on your checks these days. And do people write checks? I I work at the, my normal job. People write checks all the time. It's so annoying. Okay. Because then I got to go do a deposit, take it to the bank, just transfer it. Your normal job is beyond a time machine? <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
I, I I've seen like two things ever that asked for a check and like no one uses checks. Yeah, well, I have older customers and uh, it's not it's not required that they write checks, but we give them the you know, cash check. It is an charge. option. It is an option. Yeah. And people will choose that option. Well, the option to go to ForkFest is open to you. Uh, it's between June the 28th and July the 4th. So the Porcupine Freedom Festival comes directly before it at Rogers Campground, where ForkFest is. And there's no cost to ForkFest. You know, we're not, not charging you a ticket price. You can do whatever you want. You can open up a vending booth. You can uh, give classes. You know, you can do live music, whatever you're planning for ForkFest. You should let others know in advance, though. You can connect with fellow ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website because there is no official anything with ForkFest. It's ForkFest.party. Mark your calendar for June the 28th through July 4th. We'll see you at ForkFest.party. So let's go on with this article here from Wendy McElroy. Female at the Mises Institute. (laughs) I was told by Mark to keep saying that, using her name to make sure that as three guys talk about this subject, that the article is brought to us by a female. Uh, Trauma-informed justice, sometimes called victim-centered justice, involves an interview methodology in which the police prioritize empathy for an accuser who is automatically considered to be a victim. Rooted in trauma-informed... Now, this is going... This goes on at college campuses across America. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they, you know... Believe all women... Right. And unless they're accusing like Joe Biden or someone, that doesn't count. Believing, right. <laughs> um, believing's one thing. Having evidence is another. Yeah. You know, and that's really. Well, if you the, believe them, then you don't need to see the evidence, Mark. That, well, I, I'm, that's not the way it works. There was even that uh, consent poster for college campuses. It was like, Johnny was drunk. Susie was drunk. Susie could not have consented. So it's rape on Johnny. Yeah, something to that effect. As yeah. though, you know, both of them are inebriated. Yeah. One of them has been raped. The other is a rapist. And it's male, female. Well, yeah. you see, sure, the man got raped in that situation, too. We just don't care. <laughs> Indeed. Rooted in trauma-informed feminist therapy of the 1960s, the methodology is especially favored for allegations of sexual abuse, such as domestic violence, where the accuser who comes, the accusers who come forward are overwhelmingly female. Uh, the methodology. Now, I have heard, uh, I've seen, seen statistics that uh, suggest that uh, domestic violence is probably about 50-50, but it's reported more often by women. Oh, yeah. And believed more often to get beat up by, by uh, male cops uh, from women. Like, you know, no one cares if your wife hits you with, with, a, tin, with a frying pan. Yeah. Uh, the methodology was refined by Russell Strand, U.S. Military Police School. Who offered the forensic experiential trauma interview (FETI) uh, as the way to question presumed victims without making them relive an assault? According to trauma-informed trainers, the police should conduct investigations according to three broad principles. Okay, what are these broad principles? Number one, the accuser is automatically assumed to be a victim even before any verification process occurs. I don't know what I mean, what they mean when they say that, but I don't have a problem with presuming that they're a victim. Um, you know, okay, so you say, ma'am, that you've been raped. I think that that's worth an interview from the police, you know, okay. to me. Well, not, not that the, she needs to bring forth evidence that that crime? Well, 
in, not for an interview. Okay. I mean, she pays she pays these people's salary. Yeah, she should get an interview out of them. Well, investigating something is one thing. Believing them is a different thing. Now, you don't have to believe someone is telling the truth in order to investigate their claims. And, and in this case, it's a really big problem because we, at least we have this idea that someone is not guilty until they've been proven that way. I mean, in theory, that's how things work. And the problem with uh, believing the victim automatically is that you are presuming guilt on the part of whoever the victim accuses. So that's part two of this uh, first uh, first uh, principle. The accused is automatically assumed to be guilty based on nothing more than the allegation. Okay. I see, I see some issues with that, but all right. You have to have someone who's accused in any given circumstance, right? Like, I've been raped, but I don't know who it is. I don't know exactly what to do with that statement, you know? Well, that could very easily be, you know, like the, the college party, right? You pass out in the room. Yeah. You wake so up. So what are we going to do? Take all the men at the party and interview them and see what happened? Well, you pay their salaries and the interview is worth it. Yeah, well, <laughs> good luck putting that uh, situation together. Okay. I've been to parties where I couldn't identify anybody. Understood. Well, I mean, do you have something better to do than investigate a rape charge? Yeah. Hopefully. Or even if it's not rape, right? You're walking down the alley, you get bonked on the head, your purse is stolen or whatever. Right. You've you've been accosted. Yeah. Right? You don't know who accosted you because you were knocked unconscious. And, you've been robbed. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, what's uh, yeah yeah ba- aggravated uh, battery. And, and that is a big difference of like okay, well, someone bonked you on the head, but if you say this person did, well, that that is the situation where. I mean, if we're going to have any kind of a system of justice, right. once you've identified a specific person for a specific crime, we have to assume until we know better that they're innocent. Sure. Well, my, I guess my, my point was that Mark was suggesting that you did you needed to have the accused in order to investigate the crime. Was- you don't need uh, the accused to investigate the crime, but you're probably not going to find uh, somebody. If, if, if the victim doesn't have say somebody to say, then it's going to get, it's really difficult to figure out who it was. And... You know, just sort of the way things go around here. It's not like the police investigate most yeah. crimes anyway. I would agree with that in practice. Most of the time when you're calling police, you're saying, hey, I got uh, such and such stolen from my yeah. house or my car or my car was stolen or whatever. They may come out at some point and give you some kind of written report so that you can turn it into your insurance company. And that is the end of the story. Right. Well, and but in modern society, what is the alternative then? If we're going to say like, you know, you get you get robbed, you get something stolen from, like you just go on with life. Just ah, oh, that sucks, but you you don't call anybody. What are you saying if you get your house burglarized? Anything. House, okay. House burglarized. My example of getting bonked on the head and having your purse stolen. Well, I think that once you're once you're in the realm of violent crime, um, like a you know an armed robbery, sure. uh, bonked on the head, is something the police are going to start looking at. Yeah. But if you don't know, like if you, I think if you actually want this crime solved, get a private investigator. Okay. Man, I don't know. I I is I get that private investigators are a very libertarian thing, but the best I can tell, they really don't do much. They, they just bill hours. But you wouldn't you wouldn't even you wouldn't even entertain the idea of filling out the police report just so there's documentation of the occurrence. It's something I don't. Uh, it's not like I'm inter- I, I'm just saying that. Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to the police or a private investigator or anything, and you don't have any, uh, you don't have uh, an accuser, somebody you're accusing, you don't have any evidence. You might as well nurse your head wound back because you're not going to get crap right. out of this. The chance, the statistical likelihood of you getting something out of it is slim. Go get a scratcher. <laughs> you're much better off. Scratch off ticket. Mm. Free talk live. 
603-283-6160. Having taken her father's throne, Sarah Calhoun has fallen out with one of her best allies, and her brother Nathaniel heads into Imperial Philadelphia with a reckless plan. Her uncle Thomas, armed with new powers and new allies, aims to remove Sarah from her throne and from the world of the living. To survive and to gain the strength she needs to fight an impossible war, Sarah must unite the Mound Builder Kings to enact an ancient rite that will propel her beyond mortality. Servant Daughter by T.J. Butler is the newest entry in the Dragon Award-winning Witchy War series from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. We're talking about consent in the. Uh, no, it's not consent. It's a victim. Cin- Hold on, what is it? Victim centered justice. Ah, victim centered justice. And, you know, the advantages and the pitfalls of all of this. I see them, uh, I see it going, you know, several different ways. I like the idea of of victim-centered justice to some extent as it's portrayed on college campuses and these sorts of things because we know that bad things sometimes happen. By the way, it's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. And I think that the judicial system can be far too harsh in certain circumstances. Now, I don't want to downplay uh, date rape or something like that, but... I I will say that there are times in young people's lives, and let's just go with college here, college freshmen. um, They're pretty young. They're 18, 19 years old. And perhaps, you know, communication around sex isn't as as mature as it could be. And something goes wrong. And I don't think that lives need to be ruined over this. Well, as a white male, you would say that. Exact. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. But also remember that I am an attempted rape victim. I spent eight and a half years in prison, and I can assure you, you don't walk out of that situation without, at the very least, attempts. Okay. And I'm not talking about half-hearted attempts. I'm talking about attempts where one needs to physically defend oneself. And I'm glad to have walked away from that with simply being with simply being able to uh, stipulate attempted. <laughs> so now, I mean, I could be wrong here, but as far as I know, we have nothing in in rape uh, that is analogous to what we have in murder. Where like, so if I accidentally kill somebody, that that's one thing. And it's not good, and it will be a problem for me. You know, manslaughter's no, you know, n- no picnic to to get convicted of. But it's a, a very different thing from murder one. Like, okay, yep. we know you went out there with this intent. You you knew what you were doing, and you decided to do this awful thing. Whereas, uh, you know, the the situation you describe, eighteen year old, nineteen year old people, like making a legitimate mistake while they are trying to figure out how to do sexual communication as compared to, nah, nah, we're going to roof here. It's going to be great. Right. Or, or you know, clock her over the head, drag her into the bushes kind of thing. I mean, like... So there's... rape light. <laughs> well, I, I think that there's a spectrum here, and the word rape is a very strong term. I agree. So, um, like, for instance, I can think of something from my youth that could have gone completely differently. Um, I'm going to use as clinical ter- clinical terms here as possible to describe this, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be adult situation. So I'm dating this young lady for some time, 
And um, we, you know, progressed in our relationship to the point that we would disrobe. No uh, intercourse would occur, but there would be, you know, slipping and sliding around. If you get my petting, what's that? Petting. Pet. I suppose we can use uh, that and and some um, disrobed and you know doing stuff. A simple shift of my pelvis could have put, uh, you know, could have changed the situation. Now, I have never considered it for a moment. But now in my, you know, adult life, I'm like, well, that could have happened. And then, like, she was definitely not consenting to that particular activity. But it could have happened, and it could have happened very easily without her consent. And it would have been a very spur-of-the-moment thing in the heat of passion and on one hand, this is sort of the, to me, this is the little start of the spectrum of, you know, lack of consent, all the way up to some much more terrible things. You know, just talking about this, nobody seems to, nobody seems shocked. I don't see your jaws aghast here. Like, you get, but it could happen. They you may know. have described the exact circumstance where you can slip and fall into someone's genitalia. You're right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Please go on. Uh, so just to recap a little bit, the uh, broad principles, the accuser is automatically assumed to be a victim. The accused is automatically assumed to be guilty based on nothing more than the allegation. This dynamic reflects a core belief of the hashtag MeToo movement. Believe all women. Yeah. The leading proponent. Except for the ones that accused Joe Biden. Well, his vice president believed her. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Not anymore. No, well, let's walk it back then. The, time to, time, the next time he gets a chance to trip into a meat grinder, he's gone anyway. <laughs> The, there was well, something he's got early. the vaccine i'm sure he's gonna be fine hey according to a caller from the other night he's it's not actually joe biden anyway it's his twin because okay. joe biden was right-handed the, and this guy's left-handed oh i thought it was the earlobe thing what a what a there are some interesting memes on his earlobes yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see you're bought into this conspiracy I, I will say there are definitely too many bidens i don't know how many of them joe <laughs> Anyway, there was like a meme like right after his presence. He's like, Joe Biden taking a trip to like Arlington National Cemetery. I'm like, damn, that was quick. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> the leading proponent of the trauma-informed approach is the End Violence Against Women International, EVAWI group, which argues that believing accusers is the starting point for a fair and thorough investigation. Uh, if EVAWI is taken literally, however... Further investigation seems to be unnecessary. Any accusation is proof of guilt and is grounds for conviction. Conviction? Why investigate? I don't know that I, I don't know that I agree with uh, McElroy here, Wendy McElroy here, when we uh, discuss this, because you know, for the the if the cop believes the accuser, that doesn't mean that the state's attorney does. It doesn't mean that the uh, defense does. It doesn't mean the jury does. It doesn't mean the judge does. You know, we, we have as an adversarial system, for better or for worse, I, I don't, I'm not attempting to defend the system at this time. I'm just saying that what we have is an adversarial system. In an adversarial system, one side says one thing, the other side says the other. Well, we also know that the cop side is uh, valued higher than I, I, anybody else's. I think that there's a real problem with the way things are described in courts of law. I think judges need to be abundantly clear, and they're not. Um Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I want to stop before we do any uh, questions to this particular witness. I want you to know this witness may be a law enforcement officer. He may be in a uniform. I may have let him in here with a gun. 
but his words are not to be taken as any more valid than anybody else's. He, like everybody else in this room, has told a lie in his life. So the next words out of his mouth, whether he swears in the Bible or not, could be lies. Now, that would be some interesting stuff to hear said because nobody does that. Yeah, we just presume that everything that the state says is. You know, juries seem to presume everything that the state says is true, and everything that the, well, they're the, the authority. Yeah. If you're the defense he's got attorney, the shiny badge and everything. You're going to qu- get a quick sidebar with the judge on talk like that in the courtroom. Well, um, this is one of the reasons that I advocate for sort of having an attorney with you, but being able to do your opening and closing statements. It's your trial; you get to do what you want, and I, I would. I'd be talking to that jury. Now, again, I'm a talker for a living, and not everybody is as eloquent as I, but I, I'd i want them to know this is a real live human being that they're turning over to the machinations of the state, the soulless, uncaring, grinding gears of the state. And again, you, you have to be sympathetic, because if you're not sympathetic in, in that aspect either, talking to them is going to make you look bad right. as well. Yeah, and, and it seems like the reason for this is something that shouldn't be a, like if police were doing their job, you know, the job that ordinary people expect them to do, not the ones that we have come to expect from from, you know, their track record. But if they were doing the job of, OK, someone comes to you with a rape accusation, you investigate it. Someone comes to you with, you know, a, a mugging or a murder right. or something. You actually do your right. job. I agree uh, with you. This seems like a reaction to a lack of of action on the part of the government bureaucrats that these uh this evawi organization in violence against women international is saying look we go to police stations all the time we report rapes and they don't do anything and uh, i mean you know that in and of itself is bad customer service this really bad customer service my wife my mother my sister don't have a sister um you know anybody i know goes to a police station to report a rape, I'd like them to do something about it. There's no money in that. Well, I don't know. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. Oh, Rich Rich. Pigless Mountaineer. Terribly sorry, I need to clear my throat. (laughs) And these guys simply were not ready for (laughs) me to do so. I point at you, and you say your line. I have lines? (laughs) (laughs) That's what it seemed like. What what are we doing here? This is not the protocol. All of a sudden, Richie Rich is like, what is my catchphrase? (laughs) (laughs) Does he want me to give out the number? I don't have the notes in front of me. You're right. Uh, Giving out the number would have been great. Okay. (laughs) But you don't know it. I don't have it memorized. It's so easy to remember. I've got the owner memorized if you want them to call into that one. Right. Using my handy mnemonic device. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't even have a mnemonic device for this one 603-283-6160 very good all right that's better than me jesus i don't have it yeah anyway um i want to quick tell you about the amp program that's amp amp like advertise market and promote free talk live so it's amp.freetalklive and uh, i want to thank edwardian who is a silver amplifier for 
amping the show. And you could be an amplifier like Edwardian by going to amp.freetalklive.com. You're supporting not only liberty-oriented talk, really the only liberty-oriented talk show on the radio, but you're also supporting the ability for anybody to call in about anything they want. Freedom of speech is something that people are concerned is diminishing in the United States. It's a legitimate concern. Yeah, it's a, leg- it's a legitimate concern. And we're trying to increase it as best we can. So, you know, here on Free Talk Live, you can call in, talk about anything you want. There are very few things you cannot talk about. You cannot use certain words. You cannot threaten people. You cannot do a few things. And those aren't Free Talk Live rules. Those are like FCC guidelines. Yeah, those are guidelines. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we enforce what we wish and in what ways we wish. But, yeah. So, there you go. Amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Tim calling in from Washington. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? All's well. What's on your mind? Yeah, that's good. Good to hear. A couple, a couple questions. Um, thanks for doing the show. I'm listening to you guys, and I'll get to the law enforcement application. But I have one question about the Divi project. Have either one of you invested in Divi project? Yes, I. Uh, Free Talk Live is in, in and of itself invested in the Divi project. Yeah. Got it. Got it. What do I you, have what not do invested. Personally. What do you think? Is good. Um, you know, at this moment in time, Divi is you know, all the other cryptos are going up, and Divi is not. And I don't know if that's a uh, a precursor to a tr- precipitous rise. I've always been strange using the term precipitous and rise together. Precipitation falls. Um, but it's is that a is that a precursor to a, a great rise? I don't know. Um, I'm hoping, but at the same time, I kind of believe in what Divi's doing anyway. So that's an important way to invest. You yeah. Have to believe in it to support the project itself rather than just looking at it as an investment tool. Right. As an investment tool. Right. Right. And I mean, obviously, when people, um, you know, people put putting their money in someplace, they want the money. They want it to you know grow. And ours yeah. has. There's no doubt about it. We're up several times uh, from what we put in. And we're happy about that. However, there have been, you know, it's been a slow roll downhill since its peak uh, earlier, um, middle of 2020. And right now, with all the other cryptos going up, eh, you know, I'd have more, we'd have more money at Free Talk Live if we had switched over from Divi to another thing. Now, you can't guess how things go. And uh, by the way, as soon as you should hope we do, because if we switch out of Divi, then it will skyrocket it'll fly up like Surely a balloon <laughs> that, that is one thing about all cryptos like the, the the reports on why a certain cryptocurrency behaved a certain way um in my opinion is usually after the fact and speculation right no right. one no one's no one's able to predict it right they just no. go like well this happened in china so all of a sudden bitcoin's skyrocketing right they, they, well they the said exact that... opposite happens and it does the same trajectory and they're like oh, it's because this didn't happen in china and bitcoin is skyrocketing it has nothing within, to do with within it. hours of uh you know some cryptocurrency going up someone's creating a narrative a story as to why it occurred right you know this person right. was not creating that narrative 10 hours before that and that's because you just can't guess what's going yeah. to happen. But people try to find patterns in those narratives. They go like, well, they're doing it again, so now this is going to happen. Yep. And you get the exact opposite result. And they go, well, well why? I thought, right. I can't yeah, give you, had, I can't tell you the people. If we crystal ball, then we'd be, uh, we would have been invested in uh, Bitcoin way back yeah. when. Right. I'm not going to pull out of, uh, pull my Divi out. 
Um, I'm happy with the with where it's at and what it's doing. I'm just going to let it continue to ride because I like the project and like what they're about. I did talk to let's see today's Sunday. So last end of last week, I spoke to you know somebody who purports to be an expert in the arena of um, you know guessing what things are going to go which direction. Um, it's their job to do that, and that person. Uh, those people, uh, there were two of them, suggested that uh, it was BTC and uh, Ether that were the places to be. And I don't say this because I get it something out of them being, uh, you know, uh, advertised on the show. I simply do not. You don't have any dog in that thing. I don't. I mean, I, I do own uh, BTC and I do own Ether, but... Um, you know, I suspect that uh, the you know that I, I don't think it would make a difference me saying it. Uh, in fact, but what I'm doing is is that I believe the most important people when I'm on the air are my listeners. So I'm going to give them all the information that I have. I'm not going to hold anything back. Um, so, uh, but BTC is down twenty percent from its all time high. Yeah, well, I don't it's know. Crashing. I don't know. Oh, about it's that. crashing down to only you know time and a half its record high before. <laughs> Let me bridge uh, some law enforcement stuff. Okay. I, I've called a couple of weeks ago, and we had a pretty good discussion over how how a case investigation should occur. Okay. So when we talk about sexual assault, obviously it's a very uh, hurtful Sensitive. subject yeah. for a victim. Sure. Um, and and it uh, it affects them very deeply. Now the question of whether we whether the the suspect is guilty or not all bases on the principles of fair, impartial, and unbiased. Law enforcement should, at least where I come from and the way I was trained, law enforcement should conduct a case fair, impartial, and unbiased without the threat of harm or retaliation, and then you follow the evidence. So that that is the key elements to to getting to the truth. Each individual case is individual. Locations are in, are, are unique. Uh, the people involved are unique. They may know each other. They may not know each other. And I've done a lot of cases, a lot of casework where the victim just doesn't know the perpetrator. So that has to be cases, some of the worst stuff, right? I mean, just from the outside looking in here, I'm guessing those are the worst scenarios where the victim doesn't know the perpetrator because. You know, that perpetrator probably just has to use straight-up violence, right? Generally speaking, yes. That, that is normally the case. That's the drag-in-the-bushes um, kind the, of awful thing. It's not the situation where the people are at the bar, they were drinking, next thing you know, hey, let's, you know, hey, let's go for a ride, and, and, and then you have a not quite a date rate because it's the first time they're knowing each other, but kind of that, that level of, of date rate. Yeah. Um, and, look, I've, I've been involved in patrol for a long time. And I've broken up my share of potential for sexual assaults to occur um, solely on the basis. And I, I pulled the girls out and I asked them specifically, do you want to be here? Do you know what's going on? Are you, are you comfortable with being in the car with that individual? And I've had a victim say no. <laughs> and that's a little hair-raising experience when that occurs. Because now you now you actually realize that okay now I have a perpetrator in that car that doesn't realize that uh, he may potentially be going to jail. Right. So I go back to the same thing. When the complaint comes in, and you, you talked about a college situation, okay? So 
I've dealt with those. Um, And a lot of times the college situation is really difficult because the perpetrators, generally speaking, know it. They've known each other for a while. So now you got to determine that's where the fair, impartial, unbiased, without the threat of harm or retaliation comes in. Mm-hmm. You take the interview, you judge their credibility, you deter. It doesn't automatically make that person who is accused guilty a defendant. Right. It doesn't. Okay. You you in, in most of the cases that I dealt with, they would talk to me, um, and a lot the of accused? times what I would see is uh, an athlete was involved. Not because they're an athlete that you don't go go and investigate the case, but you treat their statement just like you treat hers. Fair, impartial, non-bias without the threat of harm or retaliation. As the accused, though, that statement is going to be used against him. Tim, do you want to hold the line? I can, sir. Okay. Hold the line, please. Yeah, I am. This is it's got to be very interesting. And, and the idea of having a law enforcement officer here to talk about what it would be like to do an investigation um, into a sex crime. I think it's fascinating stuff. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate. Well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour it's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. <laughs> the number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We were talking about this article on, uh, is it victim-oriented, uh, victim-centered justice? Yes. And a police officer named Tim called in, and he was talking about his experience in uh you know, dealing with sex crimes and these sorts of things. I'll just bring Tim back on the line here. Tim, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Excellent. Now, I don't remember exactly where we, we left off there, but I know that uh, we... uh was know, taking statements from both parties involved. and Yeah, it's got to be a very strange situation because I can say that Yes, I have had police officers roll up on me when I was in high school and making out with a girl in a car, and mostly we were just trying to avoid that situation. <laughs> you know, at that age, you usually do, but and and I get, I understand that. I mean, and I guess that's the one of the cruxes of the of the issue. I mean, there's a there's a broad brush paint going on, and that all cops are bad. It, it's just not true. That we don't treat people with empathy and respect and dignity, and, and it just—at least where I where I come from—that's just not the case. I, I don't deal with people that way. I mean, I've 
I've gone up with suicide victims, and I've literally sat on the porch right next to them and talked them out of committing suicide. How's that not caring about people? Sounds like empathy to me. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the, the whole Situationally, principle. yes, but the all cops are bad thing is more that if you're going to have a good cop, they must do something about the bad cops in their office. And usually when they do, they get terminated or reprimanded. And well, if, they're if all you, paid with stolen taxpayer money. My, you, you may not. I mean, you've talked to a lot of folks, and I understand that. I get that. You may not recall my last statement when I said, that's not true, because I've arrested my own for yeah. doing that. Right, okay. and if you have arrested your own, I think you uh, break the mold of what the Internet is talking about when it talks about you know bad cop, good cops being unwilling to arrest bad cops yeah usually well, I, I hear that in the context of they are providing cover for the bad ones and and i think that there's another there's another aspect that's really important here is that brass can make it difficult for uh, the i should say management um law enforcement management can make it difficult for an officer who does actually want to make a difference inside the department in so much as they will protect the uh the, the evildoer um in order to protect the department and right. that leaves the boy, person howdy. who wants to do the right thing <laughs> out in the cold what was that tim i said boy howdy yeah i actually am in the process of uh writing a series of books and it's called uh, surviving workplace discipline um so you know you, you talk about the bad guy uh the bad cop doing the bad deeds those what are the ones that get the when press that, when that bad cop gets promoted and they no longer can do the bad deeds to the people who are on the street right where do you think they where do you think they lash out at huh, their wives <laughs> probably that too uh, generally speaking no generally speaking that's not the case not that it doesn't happen don't get me wrong because I've arrested law enforcement officer for uh, domestic violence as well um, but that's not normally that's not the case usually they take it out on their own so, so and that's that's the whole premise of you know surviving workplace discipline you know how to get to the how to get to the truth of the matter and that's the same thing with dealing with a case investigation you you, you go back to the basic principles of of good quality case investigation fair and partial and unbiased without the threat of harm or retaliation and then you start searching for the evidence and let the evidence you know you shouldn't you shouldn't have an opinion when you go into the case you shouldn't have an opinion about the suspect because you don't know what his side of the story is. In the case, yeah, I how, talked to you a little bit about the college situation. Yeah. So in, in, in that case, I had a young lady that came in, and she she indicated that she was sexually assaulted by this guy. So she knew the, 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 the as, an, assailant. Yes, the assailant. And he happened to be an athlete. Okay. Okay, so, okay. Okay, I get it. All right. Did that so, make you feel like he more so uh, was guilty or less so being an athlete? I don't have that opinion. Okay. You you can't if you if you cloud yourself with an opinion, then you have a bias. You can't have a bias when you're doing an investigation. So you, if you stick to those principles, fair, impartial, and unbiased, you're just going to take an interview without the threat of harm or retaliation. And I. I asked him questions. Do you know this young lady? Yes, I do. And we, we go down those lines. Everything is indicating that, okay, they had consensual sex. Or they had sex, I should say. They had sex. And they, uh, had, they had Now sex. there's an argument over consent. She's, she's saying 
It's not consensual. He says, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. No, 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 no. That's not true. Look at this text message. Yep. Yeah. Well, but that is okay, not so to be adjudicated fast, at the interview stage with the police officer. That's the end of the case where all the evidence gets laid down on the table and you start following the evidence and the evidence determines that, okay, the girlfriend has a boyfriend and she's afraid of her boyfriend finding out. So the only thing that she can say to, to protect her little rear end is to make sure that, guess what? Yeah. He assaulted me. I, um, I mean, it's so... Like, I think that the believe all women, um, you know, advocates would say something to the effect of, well, I mean, that's a really cruel thing to do to somebody and no woman would do that, which is, is obviously not true because not women true. are people and not, people will do all kinds of things. That's happened. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've done cases. OK, when the Gulf War was going on, right? Which one? <laughs> OK, so war, war abroad. Let's uh-huh. just put it that way. Um. Young lady comes in, makes that makes that statement makes that statement of a sexual assault. What happens when that occurs? It triggers the soldier to come home. Okay, that sounds like not a positive in some ways. Not multiple times I've done an investigation where the incident hadn't occurred. The wife is just deathly missing her husband. Wants him home. Doesn't mm. want him getting harmed, you know, because of the, you know, tank blown up or right. you know whatever it might be that happens over in, in the in the sandbox, you know, just doesn't want him in harm's way. So she lies in order to get him to come home. That's, you know, I understand that case. The one I don't get is you ruined in this in this particular situation. It ruined this kid's career. Yeah literally ruined his career, his opportunity to move forward in a, in a athletical scholarship because of her complaint. Yeah. And there was no repercussions for her. None. Well, that should be why you can understand why she would do it. Yeah. And that's right. why, and, and that's a, um, you know, another thing about the criminal system that really sort of bothers me is, is that um, basically there's no skin in the game for so many people along uh, the way. And I can see why they don't want to do that. But I can also see how it can be a problem. So when the victim has no skin in the game, the prosecutor has no skin in the game, the cop has no skin in the game, really, ultimately, um, nobody, you know, there's nobody to stand up for this kid because nobody has any skin in the game. Unless he pays the defense attorney. And I've I've tried to get legislatures to pass a bill that would allow a false report to be charged at the level of crime— that the false report was was made on. So that would be words, a, you, a much better system for, of justice. Not not sexual assault. I mean, you wouldn't be charged with sexual. No, assault. you'd be, but you'd, you'd be charged, be charged with, with the level of felony, felony that that sexual assault is. Correct. Exactly. And I think it's a great idea. Personally, that's my personal opinion. Well, because historically, it has worked out better when when legal systems used that form of justice. When you when you are on the hook for making false accusations. Well, what if There's it's not a false sides. accusation? And, and it just wasn't provable in court. That story. So, okay, so the person that makes a false complaint and the police officer says, well, you lied, and they didn't. Yeah. Or, now they're on the hook for a felony? Says, no. Well, now, now because you can charge me with a felony, I'm not going to come forward. Just, just because you might not believe me, and you may charge me with a false report. Tim, and I so appreciate there, it. There I'm going to have to let you go. Thanks for the call. On both sides. 
but there's got to be some kind of balance. And I think it comes back to the law enforcement officer personally. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. This evening, we've been talking about, among other things, consent. Um, This uh, victim-centered justice elicited a call from a law enforcement officer who talked about several cases that he had worked. And uh, one suggestion he made was that a person who made an accusation if that accusation was false, should be held to the level of crime that that accusation was. So if you uh, made a capital one murder accusation that was false, um, and I would I would presume you're talking about knowingly false, right? Like, I saw him raise a knife towards her and then, you know, it looked like he slashed down or whatever, um, and he killed her. And then, you know, it wasn't. It was a fake rubber knife or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't think that uh, there's too many juries that want to convict on something like that. Well, I didn't see a dead body, but, you know, I think that it really comes to a story made out, up out of whole cloth. Like, um, he raped me when, in fact, uh, you know, they had consensual sex and turns out there was a uh, significant other involved and they didn't want to look like a floozy or something. Before we go to the phones, I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your best source for learning about cryptocurrency, and you can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. There's no longer an excuse for ignorance of this important, world-changing information. If If you're a knowledgeable crypto user... Check out news.bitcoin.com, where you can get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news. All in a slick and easy-to-use website. Bitcoin.com. So, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, David calling in here. David from New Mexico. How do I take this thing? All right. Free Talk Live. Yeah, supporting evidence to the statements that were made earlier. Um, one, there there already are. Uh, if false reporting is already a crime, however, yeah, I agree. It's, if you the, you the the crime of false reporting should be elevated to the level of crime, you know, whether it's a felony or whatever, uh, as opposed to a simple misdemeanor, uh, depending on the false witness that you are bearing. Point number two, remember that uh, thou shalt not bear false witness apparently was important enough for long enough that it's in your Ten Commandments. And three, in uh, family court, custody court, um, this is false allegations are so common, especially false allegations of sexual abuse are so common that they actually have a a name for it. It's called the silver bullet. And uh, number four, and that's the reason um, for that is is because the level, the threshold for proof in family court is significantly lower than there is in a criminal court, and in part because the punishment is considered to be lower, because you know it is you don't have you're not going to prison because of it you're just simply losing custody of your children or whatever. Um, now you know th- there doesn't seem to be much in the 
back and forth opportunity to uh, you know confront a witness and these sorts of things, and that makes it very very difficult. Please go ahead, David. Right. And and um, so in moving moving on. So th- this is, and what I'm saying now is actually all in court record, and I don't even need to name names other than my own name. Let's just name me, David Olson, O-L-S-O-N, uh, birth date, ninth, or year 1964, in New Mexico uh, courts.gov, case lookup, you can find me, and then you can find everything that I'm referring to, including the names of the people that I'm talking about, so I don't even have to name them. And so one, two, three, um, I had uh, told you previously how the the uh, dude that has been step-parenting my children for the last decade was re- recently charged and convicted of uh, uh, sexual assault against my kid's mom and aggravated battery against criminal, her cr- and criminally? against my son. And in Hold that on, David. court case... David, David. Yeah. criminally charged and criminally convicted? Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and... Um, in in that uh, episode, there was false allegations on one part or the other because she claimed that he did it, and he claimed uh, in his court records an an alibi. And now, and that, that's material because it was him and her that bared false witness against me on multiple occasions. I had told you previously how when they wanted a restraining order against me, what they did is they got two of their neighbors, a friend and a neighbor, to come into court and lie that they saw my vehicle drive by their house, which would have been a violation of a no-contact order, and so they got a restraining order. And then, so now take that evidence, and here's the kicker. Here's the fun one. In the the custody case with my children, after it had been going on for like like three, two, well, I guess two years, after it had already been going on for two years, my 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 ex uh, in the middle of all of this uh, suddenly makes an allegation that on the the two the two occasions a year and a half apart when she got pregnant with my two children that those two events of sex were not consensual and mm-hmm. therefore I had no right to my own children because it was non consensual sex that caused her pregnancies. It almost as if a lawyer said, "Hey, he has a right to see his kids unless." Yeah, well, that, yeah, because that's exactly how the New Mexico statute reads: is that the the, the father that's trying to see his children does has no uh, parental rights if the sex that conceived the children was non-consensual. So you are entirely correct. That is why she was claiming that those two events, never mind the other six years of all the other sex we had, which was a lot, um, never mind all that. But the two the two uh, 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 episodes that caused the children to be conceived were non-consensual. So let me ask you this, David. Um, if this situation happened with the, uh, what is this, ex's uh, new husband uh, with the criminal charges and those sorts of things, does that in any way change your case? Is that going to, are you going to be able to see your kids? How long has it been since you've seen your kids? Um, how does I, this all work? I mean, do you even have some kind of recourse? Yeah, I have a, yeah, I have a recourse, um, and it's been 13 years since I've seen my kids. And yet, yes, I can use... Uh, the the crimes that he committed, um, because remember he actually assaulted or battered my son, so uh, and he did the other crimes in the presence of my son and my daughter, and um, so I can use that, but I have not yet acted upon it. So what are you waiting for? Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, I don't. I don't want to tip my legal hand too okay. much, but um. 13 years of fighting these people has beaten me up quite a bit. And if you remember, I just finished defeating Raul Torres, 
uh, Bernalillo County DA on four different cases, four times in a row where they've been beating me up for five years. And I finally defeated all four of uh, his attempts uh, uh, to charge me or to convict me. And so I've been dealing with that. So that's taken away from my ability to do uh, things for my children. Okay. Well, I am curious to uh, to see how it all works out in the long run. Thanks for the call, David. Appreciate it. Yep. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Sadly, we don't have a system that prevents people from just making wild accusations. Um, I mean, you know, I, I hope we do. I like how are we the- supposed to get extra court cases if we don't have that? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, 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 I must say that in libertarian theory, one of the most difficult things is the idea of private criminal law. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. What if the United States and the Soviet Union had fought on land, sea, air, and the astral plane, struggled for dominion across parallel dimensions, or on the surface of the moon? What wonders would have been unveiled? What terrors would have haunted mankind from those dark and dismal dimensions? Come closer, peer through a glass darkly, and discover the horrifying alternative visions of World War III from some of today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror, Weird World War III. Available now from Bane Books at BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. We were in the middle of an article on Victor victim-centered justice, and I don't think we got through the points that were being made, uh, specifically according to the trauma-informed trainers, the police should conduct investigations according according to three broad principles. Yep, we got through one. One principle. Okay. <laughs> uh, principle number two, contradictions, memory gaps, and inconsistencies in an accuser's testimony are symptoms of deep trauma and should not be seen as disprobative. Right. So um, the idea that a person who makes a contradiction doesn't remember something um, on, and the story is inconsistent uh, should not in some way uh, disprove their story. Right. And which is what you would do as the defense attorney if you got them up there on the stand. Well, I think that this is more for police um, in the investigation. So a police officer is looking for evidence to either support or deny right. um, the allegation. And they're going to say, all right, well, sit down and tell me what happened. Well, you said this happened and then you said this happened. How could that and that happen? These are contradictory. This sounds like a waste of my time. I'll see you later. Nope. Not according to these principles. Right. Not according to these principles. And, um, you know, like this is one of the difficult things. Is, uh, I mean, you know, not in not every uh, circumstance as a young person. And you know, usually that's what we're dealing with when we're dealing with crime is people who tend to be younger has an opportunity to has the, the wherewithal, the uh, the presence of mind to say, I don't know, grab a parent who has some better idea to handle these things. Um 
it's a good idea to get to the police as soon as possible when a uh, rape has occurred, but it's also a good idea to get your lawyer there, too, so that they can help with this particular circumstance. Well, you're going to have to go to the parents first. I don't know how many college kids have lawyers, like, on retainer. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, like... <laughs> that was always weird to me. Like, I'm going to call my lawyer. You just have one? Like, I don't have a lawyer. I don't have a guy to call. I'm going to have to look one up if I'm ever in that situation. Yeah, well, um, you do have a lawyer. It's the one you'll look up. Yeah. At that point, yes. So uh, one of the things that uh, – so we had the uh, uh, the guy talking about uh, law enforcement perspective on uh, rape investigation, and what he kept mentioning was uh, that you had to be unbiased. Pity that's impossible because the nature of human beings is that we have biases. Yeah. And what – What's even worse is that frequently we don't even know what they are. Yeah, I think you have to work hard to be as hard as you can to be unbiased. And, um, you know, I, I got the impression from Tim that he realized that there were better cops and worse cops. Mm-hmm. And the people some of the people I feel worse, the worst for in this world are the top 10 percent of law enforcement officers out there, by my own estimation. Um, okay. On what metrics are they the top ten? My estimation. Okay. <laughs> and uh, oftentimes they call into Free Talk Live. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be tough to work in this uh, realm of, in, in many cases, people go to a career for a calling. In other cases, people go to a career because that's where they ended up. And, you know, sorry to say local law enforcement officer, a bunch of C students. Sure. And if you happen to be the... You know, B plus student, A student that uh, ends up having a calling towards this sort of career because you want to see, I don't know, a more just, uh, peaceful world. It's going to stink as a job. Maybe early on. I would I would hope, like from a career perspective, that those people who are willing and able and want to excel in those careers would find fast tracks to those management levels positions where they actually could make a discernible difference rather there, than a beat cop? Some interesting articles on the internet about why incompetence gets promoted inside government. Okay. And so what actually seems to happen is that the best in uh, by, by sort of civilian estimations in these jobs can have the most difficult time rising through the ranks. I don't think that's always true. Okay. Uh, because I have – I've worked with law enforcement – I worked with law enforcement for years up and down the levels – and I can tell you that, yeah, there were smart people that managed to rise through the ranks. There were uh, dumb people that rose through the ranks. There were smart people that could not rise through the ranks. That's the part that surprises me. And there were dumb people that couldn't either. Well, yeah, but the smart people that couldn't, you would think that you, it, being the smart person, you would discern the path. Right. Right. And then maybe you have moral or philosophical objections to like walking that path. Yes. Which is fine. There's if, also if, the possibility that you lack the necessary skills to walk that path. I mean, there are a lot of very, very intelligent people that lack social skills. Yeah. Okay. Right. I would say that, um, you know, if you want to see somebody who can't walk a path who's very smart, take look no further than the uh, other founder of this show. Um, you know, I mean, simply cannot walk other people's paths, uh, but fiercely intelligent and, you know, very good at what he does. But... He has to go his own way uh, through anything, frankly, including the show. Which amazingly is commendable in a lot of situations. It, it's amazingly commendable in a lot of situations. Yeah. Other times it's just terribly frustrating. Absolutely. Um, a much quoted guide to FETI states, trauma victims often omit, exaggerate, or make up information when trying to make sense 
of what happened to them or to fill gaps in memory. I've really got a problem with that. Um, you know, I mean, like if you're going to omit um, and make up information to make sense of what happened to them, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do about that. Well, that's more than the facts. Yeah. Right. It's it's the justification for what happened. Or- well, if you make up a fact, that's a problem. OK. In my opinion. I mean, it's immediately going to, to raise my suspicions. And I hate to say it, but this is quite true. I mean, th- this is some of the things that can happen to you when you have a severe trauma. Mm. I mean, and severe traumas can can break a person's worldview. Like, they can believe things have happened to them that cannot physically occur yeah. because something was so traumatic. Yeah. And I think that it's um, – I think many law enforcement officers, most law enforcement officers will tell you um, that – Rape is just one of the most difficult crimes to prosecute, and there's nothing that you can do to make that not so that doesn't sort of break the judicial system, and I don't know what else to say about that. You know, like it's it's just unfortunate. Is it something that you then just live with, or is there a way to reform the process or the system so that it's more judicial? Um, I think that you know the uh what is it uh is it blacks um anyway the uh the legal maxim that says that it's better that 10 guilty men go free than one innocent man be convicted is probably what we ought to keep in mind most of the time i would like to see a more perfect judicial system but i wouldn't do it at the pains of throwing innocent people in jail okay but guilty people going free then serves no justice to the actual victim uh, or the accuser in this case, right? Like they get no justice out of that. And they go like, well, he probably did it. There was reasonable doubt. We couldn't convict him. Sorry, you got raped. Right. Um, what they have found is that, um, you know, it, some oftentimes with private investigators uh, that they'll get the victim will get the perpetrator on the line and then begin talking about things and then the crime and then sort of suggesting they liked it and that sort of thing and then getting the perpetrator to admit facts okay and then recording this and then using it against them okay. this is a um this is a really great technique and yeah, yeah. but that that would lead to a guilty person being found guilty not a guilty person being let go if they did all that i'm not they, looking to let guilty people go okay. i'm looking to prevent innocent people from being convicted understood but the maxim is better to let 10 guilty men go free and then you got 10 i'm guilty. not looking to let 10 guilty men go free it is okay. better to let 10 guilty okay. men. not we should let 10 right. guilty it is men go such free. a high price but what you're getting with it to keep innocent people out of the prison system is worth such a high price is the idea not to the victim who gets no justice well and there is the fact that uh, people who perpetrate these things have a tendency to repeat them Yes. So in order for me to get justice, hopefully he goes out and rapes someone else. Remember, the best, very best way to have crimes not um, be committed is be prepared for crimes and, uh, you know, look for them. Keep your eyes open and don't get in those situations. 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Yeah! Free Talk Live. Final segment. Yeah, come on. Um, I'll give up the number one time. What's the worst thing that happens? I take a call blind. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. 
Bigless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Richie, we have, before I go to the calls here, we had, uh, what, three principles according to the victim-oriented. Yeah. The police should conduct investigations according to three broad principles. Uh, number one, the accuser is automatically assumed to be the victim. We're not advocating for this. Right. This is simply what a uh, a group is saying. A victim-oriented justice group. The accused is automatically assumed to be guilty based on nothing more than the allegation. Principle two, contradictions, memory gaps, and inconsistencies in an accuser's testimony are symptoms of deep trauma and should not be seen as disprobative. And finally, number three... Uh, factors that cast doubt on the allegations, such as an accuser's history of false allegations or drug use, are not to be considered. Factors that cast doubt on the allegation, such as a, an accuser's uh, history of false allegations or, or drug, drug use. use, are not to be considered. This creates an enormous problem in the if the case goes to trial, of course. Yes, it is an enormous problem, and I'm sorry, that's just anti-human. Um, like we're just not, we're not the species for this. Um, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. I would never let it enter my biases that you happen to be a crackhead that lies all the time. Right. Li- are liars not capable of telling the truth? Liars are absolutely. We are all liars. We all are capable of telling the truth. And it's absolutely true that a crackhead that has made multiple sexual assault allegations for a variety of reasons, may actually have been sexually assaulted and may actually have gotten through the process, uh, you know, that it was so, you know, just wasn't disproven. On or off drugs. Yeah, absolutely. These things could happen. So you need to discount that. No. (laughs) Why not? Because she's made, that person has made a lot of bad decisions. So the penalty for past bad decisions is no current justice? That's correct. Okay. You need to understand that in life. Like, like, seriously, you need to understand that in life. You run around calling, you know what happened to the kid who cried wolf? The freaking wolf ate him. Clearly the town's fault. (laughs) Right. It was the town that had caused that boy to die. He went to the authorities, came to them with the problem. They ignored his plight. That's because he was a little (laughs) a-hole. You know what? The boy who cried wolf deserved it (laughs) do you want to finish this up or is is that uh, uh, there's a few more lines in this but that's the general part Uh, the arizona governor's commission to prevent violence against women issued a letter to arizona's criminal justice agency to explain in cases that proceed to trial defense counsel likely could impugn investigators and claim that alternative versions of the crime were ignored and or errors were made during an investigation as a result of confirmation bias that create, created by the belief element of the Start by Believing campaign. What a, what, what a mess. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's complicated, and I'm not going to claim it's easy, and I'm not going to claim it's nice. But that's the way it is. Let's go to Bad Slave calling in from New Hampshire. To uh, He's going to solve all this problem for us. So Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for being there. Hey, listen, it it seems to me a really, really simple thing. I mean, you know, what we're dealing with here is, you know, a a bigger, more strong, more aggressive bad guy and and smaller, whether female or or just smaller male, uh, you know, victims uh, that, you know, let's let's remove 
a huge portion of the imbalance at the get go. And 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 let's let's have everybody that you know that 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 hangs on to their uh, mobile phones to also hang on to you know a reasonable firearm designed uh, and and trained in uh, the use of God and, made man. Uh, Sam Colt made him equal. Is that your uh, theory here? There, there you go. And 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 you know I this. This is at hand, and and it just it just takes away all this investigation and the trial and the everything. So, Look, bad you know, slave. Have you ever been in a circumstance where you wish everybody there didn't have a gun? Uh, I'm thinking of a party that, where people are on hallucinogenics. That, that's a real good question. I would I would say uh, that in the short term. You know, in you know, if everybody just kind of got out there and got their firearms and you know started working on their training and everything, that in 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 the in the short term there might be a few bad circumstances, but I think in the longer term, you know, the understanding that 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 most everyone will be armed uh, is 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 going to you know. Be an ultimately calming. You would have to reform uh, the self-defense laws in the process because there is a very, a very narrow scope in which you can defend yourself with a firearm currently without elevating yourself right. to murder. Uh, and, and 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 not not so much here in New Hampshire. Well, yes, here in New Hampshire, like if 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 I walked up to you know another man and punched him in the face. Right, just me alone. He is not yeah. legally authorized to draw down on me for that assault. It doesn't. It doesn't elevate to that level. He because has his life is not a man. Because well, but, but contextually, if, if you try to rape that man, I'm pretty sure he's allowed to shoot you. It still would have to be a life-threatening event. Really? Yeah. Mm. Huh? That's a problem. Of course. Well, life, grave, bodily harm, or. Um, well, doesn't okay, rape count as grave bodily harm? Well, but it has to be like um, uh, disabling. Okay, it's hard. Well, are you claiming that being raped is disabling? Like you are going to be disabled, disabled for a little while? Well, <laughs> I, I I don't know. It seems to me that if uh, if you manage if you shoot somebody, um, you know, with their pants down, they were after you or something. I think you've got a pretty good case, right? And if you're female, yes, because even the, better because the scope is different. Yeah. And, uh, and and a lot of what would happen is 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 that the you know the guy would decide that that he doesn't want to do the rape so bad. Right. I do think that uh, you know, so open carry of uh, weapons, a, a societal sort of norm of open carry of weapons would probably dissuade certain uh, crimes and a certain amount of crimes. I'm also saying that. It's probably just going to rid us of all the people with uh, mental illnesses pretty quickly, because I can tell you that there are people that I have met in my life that if they had a gun in their hand, the way they were acting at a given time, I would feel threatened. Right. Yeah. You know, like, that's it. Like, that's just a little yeah. too much for me. They're yeah. they're just too loony to. uh to you know, have a gun. And, but if brandished and, or pointed and, and at you, likely, that's a threat to your life. You that draw down. You know, they're off their meds or whatever. That you know, 
They're, they're, they're acting out in the world, you know, with no, no community support uh, to, uh, to, to be dangerous. And people that want that want to act dangerous in front of all of us are, you know, they're, they're susceptible to the, the results. Yeah, it's going to go well. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, there's the saying that the the solution to a bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. Yep. And, I mean, there may be some wisdom to the idea that the solution to a madman with a gun is a sane man with a gun. So, um, you know, people often want to look at this Second Amendment, and I don't think crazy people should have guns. Um, it's just a thought that I have. Now, the difficulty I, comes in. I agree, in- and including the temporary insanity of uh, when they're on acid. <laughs> I, I think it's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Um, you know, perhaps if they're microdosing. I don't know. It but, might be a self-solving problem, though, because a crazy what, guy with a gun is just going to brandish it. All of us shot. apparently are pretty cavalier with the notion of, uh, you know, dead people's sons uh, lying on the floor because they had a gun, um, you know, and it I don't think that America is quite ready for that level of uh, callousness towards, um, you know, other folks. I I don't the the, well, the difficulty is the, the difficulty is it is when the government let me let me go on here the, when the government deti- decides yeah. to determine who's sane and who's crazy. Uh, St- Stalin did that and it didn't go well for well it didn't go well for anyone with Stalin. Well, you don't even go we have red flag laws, right? In, yep. in a lot of places now where they go like, well, we think he's mentally in, incapable of possessing right. a firearm. We're just going to take it. Based Sounds on, very bad. Based on an accusation, yeah. not necessarily evidence or condition. Yeah, I don't like it, I must say. I would, I would, I would rather that was occurring at the, the community level only, not, not anywhere above that. Agreed. I mean, the people that know... The- Speaking of community... Go to social.freetalklive.com. Join our community in this Twitter analog where, well, you don't have to deal with all that stuff that Twitter has. It's social.freetalklive.com. It's easy. Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first-time offender, and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help. Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home.